Thank you, Brian, and choir, orchestra. That's one of my favorites. In fact, it may be my all-time favorite hymn because it has the whole gospel in it from beginning to end. My sin, oh, the thought, oh, the was nailed to the cross. Christ was resurrected. Christ is coming back. I love that hymn. Why does God often wait to move? until he moves his people to pray. You ever thought about that? You know, sometimes God doesn't do anything until people ask him to. Why does God like that? Well, I don't have a great answer for it, but I believe that he's trying to develop a relationship with us. (laughs) I think that's the whole key. He wants us to come to him and trust him and depend upon him and ask him for things and I wonder sometimes are the things God's not doing because his people aren't asking or his people aren't believing. I thought about uh, in Nazareth where Jesus was from, where he grew up. The Bible says he could not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And then I thought of the book of James where it says, and James said, you have not because you ask not. So you put those together, and there's sometimes we don't have what God wants us to have because we don't believe him enough to ask for those things. We come to 1 Samuel chapter 1, and we know a very familiar story. It's uh, often used on Mother's Day. I don't use it every Mother's Day, but I really feel God has a word for us from that passage today about Hannah. And you know the story of Hannah. Hannah was one of two wives married to Elkanah. Now, we're not proposing that here today. In fact, I don't quite understand how that works, and I don't want to try. But um, Hannah was barren, unable to have children, while her cohort was very fruitful and able to multiply and have many children for her husband. She tormented Hannah, and Hannah was very distressed over this, and she prayed, and she asked God for a child, a son specifically, and she said, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. And of course, you know the story. That's exactly what God did, and that's exactly what Hannah did. God gave her a child. Hannah gave him back to the Lord. Here's the question. Would Samuel had been born had not Hannah asked for him? Well, I don't know the answer to that question either. But here's one thing I do know. Moms pray. It comes with the territory, right? Just like if you're a student, you can, they, they can say it's illegal to pray in public schools, but as long as there are students and tests, there will be prayer. As long as women are having babies, there's going to be a praying mama. I wonder how much of what I am is a result of my mother's prayers. And I thank God, I thank God for a a godly mother. I know that I have a wife today because of my mother's prayers. That was one thing she shared with us on the day we were married. She told us she had something she wanted to tell us, but she was going to save it for the day of our our wedding. And so that day she told us, she said, one day I was vacuuming in Lee's room. And she said, every time I vacuumed in his room, I prayed for him a wife. I guess she felt I was desperate. I don't know, but She just had to pray for him. But no, that's how moms do it. They pray. They pray. She was vacuuming and praying, vacuuming and praying. 
And she said, well, I was praying God put Tana full of love on her heart. And yeah, that's my wife's maiden name, full of love. She gave that up for Waller. <laughs> that's, that's love. And she told us that, you know, I have a wife, and because of that I have a wonderful mother of five children and one grandchild and one on the way, and that's a result of my mother's prayers. I wonder where you are today as a result of your mom's prayers. You know, we often hear our mom's instruction, her advice, her advice, her correction, her frustration, and sometimes even her anger. Amen? But we're in, and we are indeed molded by those things, but I tend to believe that we're molded more by what we don't hear from our mothers than what we do hear. And we don't often hear necessarily, or we, we may hear, but we don't always hear the prayers of our mother. We don't know when she's praying for us. I never knew that about my mom. That that's when she prayed for me, and that's how she prayed for me. I didn't know that. But those times of her praying molded my life in a way that she had no knowledge of necessarily beforehand, during, and that I had no knowledge of. We come to this passage in Samuel, we see that Hannah actually prayed two prayers. If you look at chapter 1 and verse 10 of 1 Samuel, it says, She was in bitterness of soul. Why? Because she was barren, didn't have any children, and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And then we see in chapter 2, verse 1, Hannah prayed. Now, this was after Samuel was born. Hannah prayed again. We're familiar with Hannah's first prayer. We're not so familiar with her second prayer. And we're going to look at both of them very briefly today, which will give us a glimpse into the hearts of our mothers. The Bible is a great mirror and a great teacher, and we'll see from this these two prayers the hearts of our mother, and I hope that it will deepen our appreciation and our love for them. First, Hannah's first prayer. Notice in verse 12 and 13. And it happened as she continued to pray, continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now she's in the temple. She's praying. Eli's the priest. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. So Hannah's first prayer was silent. Nobody could hear it. Her lips were moving, but she was not speaking words out loud. I wonder how many silent prayers your mother prayed for you. You know, how many times that maybe she had things on her heart that words couldn't express. And it was just her heart expressing things to the Lord, just her mind thinking about you and, and what you were going through and therefore what she was going through. Because I've noticed that when kids go through stuff, moms go through it with them. Notice also her prayer was, was in verse 7, from weakness. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord she that she provoked her. That is, uh, Hannah's cohort uh, provoked her. Therefore she wept and she did not eat. She was so burdened because she was barren that she couldn't even eat. Think about how many meals your mom has missed because the burden that was placed upon her, raising you as a child, and the or that something was going on in her life, whether it was connected to you or not, that her heart was so burdened she couldn't even eat. And you know when you don't eat, you're mighty weak. And she considered you more valuable than food. 
and she was so burdened. But also notice that her first prayer was from desperate anguish in verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And look at verse 15. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman. Eli accused her of being drunk because he saw her lips moving, but no voice was heard. He said, I, she said, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit, and I have poured out my soul before the Lord. She was praying in desperate anguish. I wonder how many times you moms here today have been in desperate anguish over your children. Your heart has broken because of what they're going through, either because their heart is broken or they're sick or something's happened or, or maybe you've lost a child. And there's desperate anguish in, our, in a mother's prayer. There's also, we see in verse 15, she poured out her soul. There was an urgent plea. There was urgency there. Something needed to happen now to relieve the situation. Mother's prayers are often urgent. When something's going on in life for their kids, if they want to see that situation change, they're praying urgently, pouring out their soul to the Lord. And notice in verse 16, it says, She said to Eli, Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. In her prayer, she expressed her complaint to God. Why was she, what complaint did she have? Well, the Lord had closed her womb. That's what chapter 1 verse 5 said, the Lord closed her womb. And we can't always understand the ways of God, can we? And if we try to explain the ways of God, then we find ourselves in ultimate confusion and maybe faithlessness. It's not for us to try to figure out God, it's for us to trust God. Because he sees, the Bible says, the end from the beginning. We have no concept. We cannot begin to understand why Hannah, why God said, okay, Elkanah, this one of your wives is going to have many children, but I am closing the womb of Hannah. We don't understand that. We don't understand why some moms are taken. My mom has gone on to be with the Lord in heaven, and some moms are left to live to 90, even 100 years old. We don't understand that. We don't understand why mom, some moms have children taken from them as my sister died at 51 years old before my mom did. And while other moms seem to have their children as long as they live. We can't explain that. But Hannah trusted God. But she did express her complaint to God. You know, God knows your heart. He doesn't want you to come before him with a false spirit. He wants you to be honest. And Hannah was being honest. She was expressing her complaint. Lord, you closed my womb. And verse 6, I'm being provoked by my rival. Just be honest with God. Lay it out there. He knows you don't understand. But just lay it all out there. He knows the turmoil that you're going through. And that's what mamas, that's how moms pray. And it's okay, moms, to pray that way. It's okay for any of us to pray that way. But I want you to notice in verse 18. Eli, verse 17, answered and said, Go in peace, the God of Israel. Grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way, ate. Remember, she couldn't eat before. She was so burdened, and her face was no longer sad. So here we see her demonstrating her faith, even before she received her answer. Her countenance changed. Her appetite returned. She was demonstrating faith. 
See, her circumstances had not changed yet. She had just heard from God. Now, Eli, yeah, Eli is not God. Eli is the priest, but Eli represented God, and he's speaking for God, and, and he says, God is going to answer your petition. She had a word from God. So you see, when you moms were praying and talking and pouring out their soul to God, they hear from God and they can act in faith. Even though they don't have the answer that they've received or that they've asked for at that moment, they demonstrate faith. Well, I want you to notice the difference in her first prayer to her second prayer. Chapter 2, verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, Now we don't know for sure, but in opposition to her first prayer, which was silent, I, ha- I tend to think that this second prayer was aloud. Because it says, she said. Now, if you look back at in verse 13, Hannah only, it, it, the author went to great pains to make sure that we understood that she spoke in her heart and only her lips moved. Her voice was not heard. But in chapter 2, verse 1, he doesn't make that comment. I believe she was praying aloud that her voice was heard because now she's speaking from renewed strength. She's no longer weak. Remember, she went back, she ate. Her countenance no longer is sad. And now she can think about eating again. Look at chapter 4, I mean chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. She even talks about food. The, the bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry has ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. So now she has renewed strength. Why? Because God answered her prayer. God gave her a son. She's dedicated that son to the Lord, brought him to the temple to give him to the Lord. As her first prayer was from desperate anguish, we see in chapter 2, verse 1, that her Second prayer was from overflowing joy. She says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. Remember, she was in anguish before. Now she's rejoicing in the Lord because God had given her what she asked for. And then her second prayer was filled with exuberant praise. She said, my heart, my horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord. There's none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. So you see, a mother, often when her prayers are answered, her heart is filled with praise. God comes through. Her soul is is exuberant in him. And then if you notice about her second prayer, she expressed her confidence in God. She complained in her first prayer. In her second prayer, we see confidence, like in verse 3. She said, talk no more very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge. In other words, there's things I don't understand, so I'm not going to talk proudly like I understand them. God is the God of knowledge. There are things I can't figure out, and by him actions are weighed. Verse 9 and 10, he will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. Chapter 2, verse 1 says she can now smile at her enemies. Who do you think Hannah's enemy was? The other wife. Women, if you had, if your husband had another wife or another woman, would, would she be your enemy or your best friend? That better not happen. Not for a believer. 
she was brokenhearted, downtrodden, downcast. Now God has heard her prayer, and she's not frowning, and her countenance has not fallen now before her rival. Now she's smiling at her enemy. She's expressing her confidence in God. I know God is in control. And then lastly, she enjoyed God's fulfillment. The very last verse, I'm sorry, the second to last verse of chapter 1. She says, for this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. She expressed her faith in her first prayer. In her second prayer, she found her fulfillment. Now, I know that it doesn't always work out that way. That every mother gets what she prays for. And that's not the point here today. The point of this message is to help us to see the power God releases when his people pray. And that's and that a mother is one of the most powerful prayers on the planet. But even still, God doesn't grant exactly everything a mother asks for. Take, for example, Luke chapter 1 and verse 38. Bible says about Mary, the mother of Jesus, God came and an angel came and told Mary she was going to conceive the child Jesus as a virgin. And God said, uh, nothing will be impossible. Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In verse 46 through 55, you hear these words. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. He's regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. It says in verse 49, He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their heart. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Now, if we were to take that prayer and put it side by side, this is Mary's first prayer, and you hold it up side by side with Hannah's second prayer, it's almost the exact same. Hannah's, first, Hannah's second prayer and Mary's first prayer sound very much alike. But Mary would have a prayer Similar to Hannah's first prayer, too. As you can imagine, as Simeon prophesied to Mary when they presented Jesus in the temple, Simeon said to her, This child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel. Yes, for a sign will be spoken against, and a sword will pierce through your own soul. Can you imagine Mary's prayer? after Jesus was falsely arrested, accused, condemned, and crucified? I think it would have sounded a lot like Hannah's first prayer. I think it would have been very much from weakness, from desperate anguish, from an urgent plea to a, a complaint, maybe even faithless. Even Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. But God didn't answer Mary's prayer the way she wanted. Aren't you glad? 
Do you think Mary asked God to spare her son from going to the cross? Moms, what do you think? What would you pray? Her firstborn. God didn't answer it that way. You see, even a mother's desire and prayer for her child doesn't supersede God's purpose for that child. God knows what even a mother doesn't. A mother has great intuition about her children especially. But God has omniscience, which supersedes intuition. Look at how Hannah closed her second prayer in verse 10 of 1 Samuel. Uh, chapter 2, verse 10, says, He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his exalted. I ask the question, who is Hannah referring to? Because Israel didn't have a king yet. There was no king. So who was she talking about? He will give glory to his king. This part of Hannah's prayer definitely reveals how the Holy Spirit was leading her to pray as he does all Christian mothers. The Bible says we don't know what to pray for as we ought to pray, but the Holy Spirit gives us what we should speak. And Hannah was praying a Holy Spirit-inspired prayer, and so do you moms. Hannah didn't know what she was saying or praying. She didn't understand the full context of that phrase, he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Those were Holy Spirit-inspired words, just as when you're praying, mom, <coughs> whether it's in anguish or whether it's in joy, whether it's in and a, a, a heartache and brokenness, or whether it's an exuberant praise, the Holy Spirit is there inspiring you what to pray, even if you're not aware of it. This is evident in this passage because Hannah could not have known anything about a physical king yet. But the Holy Spirit-inspired words weren't referring to a physical king, but a spiritual one. See, the Holy Spirit inspires Christian mothers to pray things over their children that have eternal impact over them. And Hannah's prayer, this last phrase, was about Jesus Christ, the anointed king who was coming. And a mom's prayers, the Holy Spirit uses them to have eternal impact and lead their children to Jesus. The fulfillment of Hannah's prayer is in Luke chapter 1. Verse 32 and 33, where the Bible says, He will be great, speaking to Mary, the angel speaking to Mary about Jesus, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne, there's the king of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Consider the words that Hannah was inspired to pray. She prayed about a king. She prayed about strength, power. She prayed about him being exalted, glory. So we've got rule and authority. We've got power. We've got glory that Hannah was inspired to pray. Sounds a lot like what Jesus taught us to pray. In Matthew 6, 13, when Jesus said, Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
It sounds a lot like what the saints are praying and praising God with in Revelation chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and so, such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who was on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. You see, a mother's prayer, without even her knowing it, is helping direct and point her children to Jesus Christ. That's how the Holy Spirit works. And I know that that's what happened in my life. My mama's prayers pointed me to Jesus. My mama's prayers pointed me to even the calling of God on my life. Without her ever saying a word to me about going into ministry, she never did. But she was praying for God's will to be done. My mama's prayers pointed me to the lovely woman who is now my wife. And no telling what else my mama's prayers have pointed me to. So you see whether your mom's living here or living there, her prayers are still impacting today your life. And mamas, please keep praying. Please keep praying for us. Please keep praying for your children. Don't despair in prayer. Whether your children are still at home or whether they're grown, God is powerfully at work through your prayers. And we are today, by the grace of God, what we are as a result of you, you praying for each one of us. So mamas, I honor you. And I thank God for the prayers that you prayed over your kids. And your kids need your prayers. And I want you to know, moms, that you got people praying for you too. It's interesting that God used Hannah in such a way to point back in 1 Samuel people to Jesus in her second prayer. If we just listen to her first prayer, it seems hopeless. We've got to listen to her second prayer. And when you come to Mary, if all we heard was her first prayer, all the joy and excitement, we, we could still feel hopeless because we know that that's not how life is. It's not all all fun and games and, and pie in the sky. There's, there's brokenness, there's heartache, there's despair. And you see, we know she watched her son in the anguish of her soul be on the cross so that you and I could have eternal life. You see, God did that. You don't know why God didn't. God made Hannah Barron, but I do know why God didn't answer Mary's prayer. I'm so glad he didn't answer Mary's prayer. I would be lost to hell forever, and so would you. So moms, not every prayer you pray is going to be answered the way you want it to. That's why you and I and all of us must trust the one we're praying to not the thing we're praying about. It's who we're talking to that's in control. Let's trust him. Would you bow with me?